If we always choose comfort, we never learn the deepest capabilities of our mind or body. Wim Hof. I'm just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I Hello can. and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast, joined as always by Perry Hughes, who you will hear from in a moment. I'm actually recording an alternate intro because when I went back to edit this episode, the first several minutes were really choppy. The audio quality was bad. It kept cutting in and out. So I assure you that Perry and I had some witty banter and some great little anecdotes and stories, and you're not going to hear any of it because I had to cut it all out. And I am simply letting you know that if we allude to some things that you're like, wait a second, they didn't talk about that yet. Well, that's why I had to cut all of that out. But we still share some of our fatherhood wins as we always like to do at the start of each episode. And then we will set the stage for what we are going to talk about in the rest of this episode. So without further ado... This episode, or at least the parts that we didn't have to cut out for this episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Um, and really quickly, let me let me just sort of set the stage for what we're going to do in this episode so listeners sort of know what, what to expect sure. before we share our fatherhood wins, which we always like to do at the start of each episode. Um, we're going to do something new and different in this episode, brand new. We've never done an episode like this. We're going to tackle some quick hitters. So usually we do the Friday focuses, which are shorter little nuggets, but usually these episodes are long and they're deep dives into a single topic, often with a guest. Today, we're going to go rapid fire. We're going to answer five questions each with about two minute answers. If we can keep ourselves <laughs> within two minutes, we're both a little bit long winded. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. All of the questions are certainly related to fatherhood and we think you'll have fun with it and hearing some of our answers and and hopefully learn something as well because they definitely pertain to uh, to fatherhood and things that we've learned about fatherhood as well. But we'll get there. Uh, quick wins. No, I would say the hiking trip was maybe not a win, but I, I would brag on Benjamin, my second son, uh, about something that happened this past week. So he he did not end up making the middle school basketball team, which he has been bummed about. Yeah. But he still has to tag along with me to practice many days because Jackson, his older brother, is on the team. And we were going to the parking lot after practice last week. And it's like, where's Ben? Ben's not there. And, you know, I start to get frustrated and irritated. Just, oh, why is he always slow? Why is he, you know, just this is what's going on in my mind. And and I go back in and and he's talking to the coach. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He decided on his own to go up to the coach after practice and basically ask him why he didn't make the team. <laughs> and, That's awesome. Yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was a lot of growth on his yeah. part. Really bold. Yeah. And apparently he did it in a respectful way, wanted to know what he could work on. And the coach basically invited him to practice with the team for the first part of practices so he could work on and develop his skills. And the, the coach texted me afterwards and said, you know, he was impressed that Ben was willing to come up to him and and ask him that. And he reminded of him when he was Ben's age and would love Ben to work on his skills. Yeah. So hopefully he can make the team next year and, and all of that. So I thought that was a cool moment and uh, proud of Ben for that one. So I thought I would just share that as, as a win. I don't think that's a reflection on me at all as his father, to be honest, but, uh, but more just on him. And so I'm proud of him. And, and that was a pretty cool thing last week. Well, I think it's a great reflection on him and you as his father, because, you know, you're constantly pouring in to the boys and talking to them about a growth versus a fixed mindset. And so 
I mean, that's the, that's the embodiment of a growth mindset, you know, to, to take that rejection and turn it into a learning opportunity. Uh, so I think it has, uh, you know, a ton to do with you as a father. And uh, so kudos, that's awesome. Way to go. Good. How about you? Any wins from the last week before we dive into these quick hitters? Yeah. So JP, I, we, we take the kids on a 13 year old turning 13 year old coming in of age trip. I take this, my boys on that when they turn 13 and uh, JP and I had so much fun the first time that we said, we want to do this every year. Well, this past year, I'm going to be honest, life just got busy and schedules got crazy and we didn't go away on a trip, but we decided that we weren't going to list totally let it miss. Uh, and we did just a half day away, not very far, just up the road in Old Fort, about 45 minutes away. We did a uh, pistol training class with, uh, you know, an ex-military uh, guy who has a private range and trains people on shooting guns. Um, and just background, I've been shooting guns for 20 years, and JP's been shooting guns since as young as I felt like it was safe for him to do so. And, but we just wanted to go get some formal training from somebody who could, with a seasoned eye, look at what we're doing, give us some feedback, and give us a few things to improve on. And that was really fun. And I was very impressed with JP, not only his, you know, just proficiency at uh, shooting a pistol, but more importantly, his understanding of the rules of safety when it comes to firearms. I mean, he just did everything textbook, perfect, you know, display and performance of maintaining the four safety laws of a firearm, you know, and he's 15 years old. So I think that's awesome. I've been to the range with, you know, gr fully grown 40 year old men that, that violate the safety laws of firearms almost every time I go to the range, you know? And so I was, it was really cool. It felt like a fatherhood win that that was uh, the result of proper training and making sure he understands the fundamentals and the importance of all those safety laws. So that was cool. And it, he's a crack shot. Yeah, that was, that was a cool too, you know, but that doesn't really have as much to do with me. As, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's well, that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. And what I think is really cool about that is that he still wants to do things with you. And, and we're going to talk a lot more, I think about coming of age trips in the future, not only on the podcast, but, but that's something that I think is a, is a really important part of, fathering our kids into into manhood and just this realization that a one-time trip at age 13 doesn't mark them becoming a man that it's really the beginning of then that ongoing relationship you have with them throughout their teenage years and so the fact that you guys are still doing stuff together and it would be easy for you to to rest on your family's two month long time together and vacation and hey we've we've done something this year but still being intentional to say no but you know what what's even more important or as important or differently important than that is one-on-one -on -one time with you son so let's go spend some time together and let's make it a priority and let's not let the rest of the year go without making this an intentional priority so well done to you and that's really cool and inspiring to me to continue to to think about how to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with my sons as well Cool. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that encouragement. And then as we sit here and talk about it, 
another uh, thought came to mind and that that fatherhood win at the range was really fun but when you really think about it it's the deeper things that matter the most in life you know and a follow up to that range time was that i was very intentional with him on the car ride home we had about 45 minutes in the vehicle and um uh, he's he's 15 and a half he just got his cell phone recently and we went out to lunch afterwards and he had his phone he's texting his buddies and stuff like that we stopped at the gas station and i said hey son listen when i get done pumping gas i'm going to get back in the car and we're going to put our phones down and we're just going to have some deep conversation with each other do some relationship building, you know, talk about important things of life. And he said, okay, cool. And so I pumped the gas. I tried to give him that little bit of a warning, like finish up your text conversations with your friends and finish pump the gas. We get in phones go down in the console. And he and I just had a very deep and meaningful conversation for the rest of the ride home where he felt comfortable enough to be vulnerable and honest with me about a few topics that are going on, uh, big deal things in his life right now, you know, just the teenage journey. And so I was really thankful that he shared that stuff with me. And the Holy Spirit reminded me as I was sharing about the win at the range, that the big win was that relational moment between the two of us. Yes, they're both wins. Yes, they're both fun. Yes, they're both important. Go have a range day, do dangerous things with your kids. Guess what, men? We need to raise dangerous men. Uh, you can't be a good man unless you're dangerous, but you have that under control. So anyway, we need to raise dangerous men. But the real, the biggest win was the relational time that he and I had in the the car ride on the way home. So, well, it sounds like it was a good week for you guys, a good week for us. Hopefully, to all of you listeners out there, you guys have had a good week. But let's transition and and do some of these quick hitters. So again, we're just going to roll through five questions. We're each going to answer. We're going to try to keep our answers somewhat short. We'll see how that goes and really just kind of have fun with it. We thought we would mix things up a little bit. I think some of these questions are pretty fun. Um, and we'll see We'll see how this goes and what we all get from it. So with that sort of a softball to get things started, question number one is, what are you reading right now? That's a fun question. And I have to be full transparency, honest. I have had gotten away from diving into reading, either listening to a book on Audible or reading an actual physical book. I've gotten out of it. And so as we talked about this podcast and prep for it, full disclosure, that was a great uh, accountability wake-up call moment for me because I do believe it's important to read. However, since we started talking about this podcast and prepping for it, I have downloaded a book called Mind Shift, Mind Shift by Erwin Raphael McManus. I don't know if you know that author or not, but he's he's amazing. He's written some other books, The Last Arrow, The Way of the Warrior. Those are some books that I've done gone through in the past and loved. And Mind Shift is an exciting book. It's all about uh, taking these 12 shifts in your mind and your thinking to go from being hardwired for failure, disappointment, um, you know, not coming through with the wind and shifting your mind into these processes that it's going to have you hardwired for success. So I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I'm only in the first chapter, but so far it's really good. That sounds like sounds like a good choice. And by the way, that was only about a minute response. So well done to you. Yeah, woohoo. 
<laughs> I'm reading a book right now called The Yes Brain because I'm so, so intentionally focused on trying to sort of figure out what's going on with, with my kids right now. I'm looking for solutions and explanations and and there are just some things that are bubbling up in in each of my older boys specifically, Jackson and Benjamin, that uh, that I'm trying to understand. And so, hence this book, The Yes Brain, and it's all about it's all about how to help create balance, empathy, positivity in our kids, who at times, and we certainly, I'm sure, have all witnessed this in our kids as they've grown up show up with what the book would describe as a no brain, a no brain being a state of being where they're closed off. Sometimes they literally go inward. Sometimes it's called dissociation is sort of the, the clinical term for that. Some kids act out, right? So if you've ever had a kid lose it during a, a soccer game because the other team scored a goal and you're like, why is my son so overreacting to all of these other kids. Well, it's just something's going on internally. There's 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 the no brain going on and and we can help get our kids back to a healthy state, a healthy place of balance, a little bit more resilience, all of those types of things, empathy for people around them, um feeling safe and secure in who they are. A lot of times these reactions stem from feeling unsafe and anyway there's there's a lot going on i'm not all the way through the book either but the yes brain by dr daniel siegel and tina payne bryson so it's it's been really eye-opening for me in a positive way and i look forward to reading the rest of that so well i'll, I'll go ahead and post links in the show notes below to the books that perry has referenced and to the yes brain in case you guys the listeners are intrigued by those titles as well so all right question number two who was your favorite TV dad growing up and why? Well, this is a fun one. And I think we could probably do a whole podcast on this later. TV dads. Yes. You know, and I started thinking back to my childhood shows that I would watch, you know, like um, Home Improvement, yes. uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, Saved by the Bell, you know, um, and thinking of these shows that I would watch. Oh, Full House, Full House, you know, that one was sure. the three the three brothers that were dads or three friends, I guess, that were dads together in the house. Uh, so anyway, I started thinking about all these shows and I started thinking about, oh, The Simpsons, Homer Simpson. And I I don't know that I would have a favorite dad from that list. And the interesting thing is, and I'll be curious to hear your answer, but it seems like in many cases dads are not perceived as who we're striving to be strong and kind capable and tender dangerous and gentle you know it seems like when i think back about these shows and maybe i'm misremembering but it seems like the dad is kind of always portrayed as this incompetent you know uh, maybe goofy, you know, maybe irrelevant. Oh, dad, you know, whatever. But certainly not um, portrayed as the leader and the pioneer of the home. You know, maybe uh, maybe Full House, you know, had it more like, you know, moral dad uh, portrayal than some of the other shows. But anyway, I don't know. I, I kind of got this as I started really reflecting on that and thinking about it. 
I kind of got this perception that, man, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know of a dad that I loved to watch on TV and I thought like, oh, I want to be like this guy. So I'm curious to hear how, how about you? Yeah, I, th- I think Full House is an example of one where the, the fathers were uh, portrayed, I think, in a, in a favorable enough light that, that they would be something to aspire to. I do think the shift happened maybe in sort of the mid-80s, which is about mm-hmm. the time that we were, were growing up, where before that you had the, the wholesome families and the, yep. the strong father figure, the moral father figure. And then really it might have been with the, the Simpsons where things sort uh-huh. of started to shift. And now we have Family Guy and pretty much every single sitcom in the nineties and beyond. Um, but for me, I actually do go back to Cliff Huxtable, Bill Cosby. Yes. The Cosby. The Cosby's. Yeah. He, oh, I can't believe I didn't remember the Cosby's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I just always sort of wanted him to be my dad. I mean, yeah. I love my dad. I didn't want sure. him to be my dad, but I was like, he would be like a really cool dad. Yeah. And he, he he was goofy, right? He was funny. Sure. It was a comedy to be sure, but he was he seemed to have this perfect balance between being successful, right? In the show, he was a doctor, his wife was a lawyer. So they they were capable, they were educated, they made a good living, but he was so intentional about being a good father. He was present in his kids' lives. And there's, you know, there's always the moment in the show where whatever uh drama is going on, there's this there's resolution at the end of the show where Bill Cosby sort of ties it up with a little bow with this perfect advice for the moment for his kids. And he's wise and he says the right things and he, he cares about his kids and he helps them through issues that they're navigating in their lives. And, and so he's the father that goes off to work as a doctor, but he comes home and he's there with them and he's helping shepherd them through life and he's fun and and all of those types of things. So uh, for me, I think it would be Cliff Huxtable was probably my favorite TV dad growing up. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Number three. Um, maybe I'll start with this one. So I'm not putting sure. you on the spot every single time. This one. If you have women and children in the car, like lock them up because this is this could this could go any number of directions, right? The the <laughs> grossest thing you've ever had to do as a dad. Perhaps I exaggerate there, but I I'm preparing my stomach right now to a describe mine and then b hear yours because yeah, <laughs> fathers, men, we we have to do and endure and see some pretty gross things sometimes as dad. <laughs> My example, brace yourself. My my example is actually not from myself and my own fathering, although I've certainly done I've done all of the things, right? Sure. I mean, I've had my kids throw up in their beds in the middle of the night and it was like literally a swimming pool of vomit in their sheets. Yep. You somehow yep. at three o'clock in the morning have to <laughs> get off their bed. They're they're dripping with yep. they're like literally sleeping in their own vomit. You're trying to wash this out in bathtubs and like get them back to bed and all this type of stuff. So certainly done all that. You have the smells and the textures mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. But I remember when I didn't have kids. So I was living back in Colorado and we went to a Colorado Rockies baseball game with my cousin, extended cousin. I don't even necessarily know the technical definition of who he is but he's related to me he is blood of some sort we were uh he had, he had some kids and we were at this colorado rockies game and, and it's just me and melanie and we're single and kids are a you know a, a distant future idea at best but he's there with a couple of his kids and at some point in like the fourth inning i literally watch him reach over 
reach into his son's nose, pull out a booger, like snot, and it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And it's like, it's like you can't make this up. You can't create a goo, like a right. green stringy goo that would match what I watched him just pull out of his son's nose. <laughs> like it was the easiest thing in the world. It's like, oh, I've got to deal with my son's nose. And he reaches over with his bare hand, yes. grabs it, pulls this snake out of his son's nose, puts it in a napkin or something, and then just watches the rest of the baseball game. And I am horrified. I'm like ready to retch and vomit. Like what just happened? And I'm like, if this is fatherhood, yeah. I mean, to him, it was Count just the most out. natural thing in the world to take care of his son. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I want no part of this. I do not yeah. want to be a father. That is the yeah. grossest thing. And even to this day, I sort of get a wretch in my stomach every time I remember that moment. So that was uh, <laughs> that's the grossest fatherhood thing I've ever seen. Even though it wasn't for me, I had to witness that. So anyway. That's awesome. I love it. And it's funny that you that ours are going to have this similarity. Mine has to do with boogers and it has to do with not my child before I was a father. Oh my gosh, so that's, I wonder, that is funny. I wonder if there's a level of when it's your own kid, you know, you deal with it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah grace sure. for the moment. Yes, right? So I have definitely cleaned diapers that have exploded out of the back up to the hairline. I've definitely cleaned out car seats that were so full of poop and diarrhea that you just have to take the whole thing out of the car, completely disassemble it. Yeah, you feel like just throwing it away. Yes. Yeah. But they're so expensive. You can't just throw it away. Right. And he's probably going to crap out of his diaper and his clothes again next week. So that's right. I mean, you're going to buy one car seat a week. No, you can't do it. So I've done all the things I've been vomited all over apple fritters vomited all over me. You know, I cannot eat apple fritters to this day anymore <laughs> because of the smell of JP as a, probably a three or four year old vomiting apple fritters all over me down inside my shirt, you know, but anyway, so in my gymnastics business, we used to have this thing called the tumble bus, and we would drive the tumble bus around to different preschools and daycares, and the inside of the tumble bus was gutted and outfitted with gymnastics equipment. So we were a mobile gym, okay? I did this for many, many years in my morning hours, you know, dozens of preschool kids in and out of our program in the mornings. Well, we're on the bus, me and another staff member, and then some kids, you know, are there for the gymnastics class. Well, you always find kids picking their noses. They always have boogers on their hands. They're always wiping them all over wherever they are. You know, you look on the side of a kid's bed. What's it full of? Boogers. Oh, well, gross. I do not want a tumble bus full of boogers. I just, I'm not, that's not okay with me. I'm also a humorous guy. So whenever I would catch a kid picking their nose or with a booger on their finger, I would always give them two choices. Hey, buddy, you can either eat that or put it back. <laughs> it's a great way to deter kids from picking their nose on your bus. And I will tell you this, after dozens of kids and years of experience, it's about a 50-50 shot on what they decide to do. About half of them eat it, and the other half don't want to eat it because that grosses them out, so they just put it back. Or when I'm not looking, they probably wipe it somewhere, you know, whatever. I'm not naive. So I've got this one kid. Um, I'm going to change his name to Bill, uh, just in case he's listening. But anyway, I've got this one kid, Bill, who's probably three years old. And Mr. Perry, Mr. Perry, Mr. Perry, he holds up his finger and there's a big old, you know, it's kind of a big brown gooey booger on his finger. 
And I said, Bill, you know the rules, because they all know by now, you know the rules. You cannot pick your nose on my bus. I said, Bill, you have to either eat it or put it back. What are you going to choose? No, Mr. Perry, no, 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 no. It's not a booger. I said, Will, I, I mean, Bill, I see it on your finger. I know that it's a booger. And he said, no, Mr. Perry, no. And I said, what are you going to do, buddy? It's not a booger. I said, well, Bill, what is it then? And he goes, it's poo-poo. Oh. <laughs> so I, was, I had no children at this point. So quickly, I'm like, ah, you know, I jump back like it's radiation. You know, I'm like, jump four feet away from him. Before you're a dad, you don't ever deal with poop. And um, I said, Bill, just get, go in. I said, go inside and get one of your teachers to help you, you know. And my little helper employee kind of walked him in and took him inside so he could get all cleaned up. And he must have had an itchy butt, man. So he was just digging oh, back disgusting. in there during class when nobody was looking and pulled it out on his finger. Didn't know what to do with it. Oh, all right. I feel <laughs> oh, my stomach is roiling. I feel like we need to take a reset before finishing this episode. I apologize to all the listeners Uh, on the next quick hitters episode. We won't talk about gross stuff, Um, but the things we do as a father, right? Showing up. It's all part of being a faithful father. All right. So let's transition. And the next few questions are, I think, a little bit more serious in nature and uh, curious to hear your answers to these, Perry. Uh, Question number four, quick hitter. What would you say is like the number one lesson you've learned about fatherhood? I think for me, it's this understanding of being an uh an excellent father you know is a it's a process you know it's not like you it's not like you ever achieve it you're not like oh i'm i am a great dad or i am a good dad or i am an excellent father it's not necessarily an adjective but it's a verb it's a it's a being so every single day I've got to I've got to wake up and strive to be that father. You know, what I did yesterday doesn't count. I mean it does I mean right it counts, but you know, if you if you live a great life and then when you're 65 years old you rob a bank, people are going to remember you for robbing the bank, you know. So it's it's that what am I how am I living today? How am I living in the next 10 minutes? And that's what excellence in fatherhood really means is that constant activity, is that constant being, is that constant doing. Um, and so that's what I'm really learning right now. And there's always room, there's always room to grow and improve. So it's an exciting thing. For me, I'd say the number one thing I've really learned, or at least it's front of mind right now for me, is that nature versus nurture is real. Yeah. You know, I, I came into fatherhood and maybe maybe even just growing up and, and witnessing other fathers, right? And you see, you see other parents, kids misbehaving at a restaurant or whatever. And it's easy when you're young and you don't have kids to judge that or to or whatever. And and there was just this idea that nurture cures all, right? In my mind, if you're a good enough of a father if you provide a loving, nurturing environment for your kids to grow up in, that's enough. That will win the day. And certainly the way I came to fatherhood, as listeners will know, adopting our first two kids, 
they came out of, you know, an unfortunate situation in their early years. But my thought was, well, we will come in and we will just love them and provide a good home for them and some safety and security and all will be well for the rest of their lives. But, but nature, their biology, their genetics, their God given personalities Mm -hmm. and character and skills and talents like that's real and yeah not only real i think a lot of times way more impactful and how they're showing up in the world than the nurture that we provide and sometimes that can be incredibly frustrating and uh, like reading for example um i love to read love it yeah I've always liked to read. When I was in the fourth grade, I won all of the, like, how many books could you read in a summer? And you get, you know, treats the next year when you show up, if you read the most books. And I would go home and read like a hundred books over the summer to try to win this competition, you know? And my kids hate to read, or some of my kids hate to read. One of my kids in particular really hates to read, but we've always made him read. We've always tried to read to him. We've always tried to find good books for him to read. And if I could just nurture him the right way and read stories to him at night and help him find authors. It's not that you don't like to read, son. It's that you haven't found the right books. Well, no, he just really doesn't like to read, you know, and it drives me crazy. And so there's this constant balance between trying to shape and mold your kids, but let them sort of be who they are and grow into who God developed them to be. And how do you, how do you hold that in balance? And to me, that's one of the most challenging aspects of of fatherhood is finding that line. Like, am I, am I frustrated with you because you're not living up to my expectation and my values? Well, but you're your own person and God's created you your own way. So how do I I identify that, that in you and let you, let your nature evolve and Anyway, so we could do a whole podcast on that as well. But that that's something I have learned. And I've also learned that it's hard. And that's a that's an that's a, just a hard aspect. At least for me, I have found that to be a hard aspect of fatherhood is is holding those two things in balance. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, our responsibility is just to try to nurture the best that we can and and uh, things will play out how they will. So anyway. That was probably more than two minutes. So that brings us to the final question. Uh, Love this question and curious to hear your answer to this question, which is, where are you now in your fatherhood journey? And specifically, what do you feel like the Lord is calling you to as a father now in this season? For me, I'm excited to share this uh, mindset. And, you know, I've built, Nancy and I have built our business to where we don't have to show up there every day anymore. We've got leaders in place and systems in place that do the day-to-day work. Um, and we've got a place for our kids to grow up and learn leadership and responsibility from being employees in the business. But the Lord has really been laying on my heart to uh, do some shifting financially. And I'm going to, this winter, I'm going to uh, go down to Florida and get my captain's license for running a boat and having paid customers. And this next summer, we're going to spend, we're going to start a little fishing charter business um, so that JP uh, and potentially Liam, but primarily JP for this summer can begin to be a first mate and guide fishing trips because he's very talented at fishing and he's very gifted in leadership and teaching And I really am feeling led to kind of build a platform for him to potentially spring off of into, you know, a career path 
in the future. And so I'm excited about that. It's going to be fun. I'm, I've got this big, fancy, expensive truck that I bought in order to haul our camper this summer. We're selling the camper this week. I don't really need the truck to you know take the trash to the dumpsters. It's overkill for that. So I'm going to sell my truck and then take that money and turn around and, and buy a little bit bigger boat that is more accommodating for guiding fishing trips this next summer coming up. So I'm excited about that. Cool. Well, keep us in mind for some of your first clients because that uh, that hits, hits home and in, in some things that Jackson and Ben are interested in with regard to fishing. So that's really cool and way to be in tune to, to what the Lord is calling you to. Thanks. For me, and this might sound a little bit like an interesting response to the question, although if listeners have listened to some past episodes, you'll know that this is not necessarily off base. Sure. But I feel very strongly right now that the Lord is calling me to work on my relationship with my wife, Melanie, as the next important piece of improving my fatherhood. Um, we know how instrumental, or I, I think about it as like my my horizontal relationship, right? So um, for listeners who can't see me on Zoom, right? We have the we have the vertical relationship up with our Heavenly Father. We have our horizontal relationship sideways with our spouse, and then we have the downward arrow sort of relationship with our kids. I call it up, down, and sideways. But that sideways relationship was first. It was first before kids. Yeah. And the strength of the marital relationship influences heavily our ability to show up as father. And and maybe it's just because we're coming through a season where we have a... We, we have a new newborn ish. She's not a newborn anymore. She's nine months old at the time of the recording of this episode. But I haven't had really a lot of alone time with my wife. I haven't gone mm -hmm. on a, a date with my wife in a long time because we, you know, anyway, lo long story as to why, but basically, Revelyn, she won't take a bottle. It's, it's hard for other people yeah. to watch her for extended periods of time. And I'm just feeling like um, it's time to reinvest in Melanie. And in doing so, it will it will empower the next chapter of of my fatherhood. And just the other piece of that too that I felt I have felt very convicted of recently is just that that our kids are looking to us and the marriage relationship to learn respect. How how does dad treat his wife? Um, how you know how what should a marriage look like? As I my son and growing up thinking about, do I want to get married someday? Who, who should yeah. I look for in a spouse? What, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? And, um, but I, I think it's something that God is very intentionally saying, this is, this is an area to focus on in the next season, which is interesting because it's so easy with a faithful fatherhood podcast and all the stuff we're doing with faithful fatherhood to be so focused on my fatherhood and my kids yeah. and like trying to create memories and take them places and do things with them and and shepherd them and steward them and all those types of things but it's like the lord's been saying yeah but but what about your wife when your mm -hmm. kids leave and start their own families she's still going to be there she was my first gift to you she was she is my gift to you she is my goodness to you proverbs 1822 um so anyway so that's uh, a long-winded more than 2 minute answer to that question from my perspective man that's great that's awesome Good job uh, hearing that leading and nudging from the Lord and and good job, you know, leaning into it. That's exciting. Cool. So there we go. How was that? Pretty painless, right? Our first, uh, our first quick hitters episode. 
hopefully yeah. you guys, the, the listeners enjoyed that. I'll have to go back when I re-listen to this and, and edit it up. Uh, I'll, I'll put a stopwatch on all of our answers. I'm curious what the average <laughs> yeah, I'm curious <laughs> answer too. length is, yeah. uh, but no, it was, it was a lot of fun. So any, before we wrap up this episode, any, uh, any, anything you would want to elaborate on from those two minute answers to some of those questions? Like I said, we could, we could probably do a whole episode on several of those questions, but any other final thoughts on any of those questions before we wrap up? I think really maybe just to elaborate on the last question, you know, and both of our answers as an encouragement to the listeners, you know, the up relationship is the utmost, most important. And as fathers, there's uh, our fatherhood journey is going to call us to a greatness that we are inadequate for within and of ourselves. So without the Lord's help, without the Lord's influence in our life, without the Lord's guidance and, and instructional hand and change in our hearts and who we are as men, we're going to come up short, you know? And so that's just my kind of closing thoughts is that, hey, brothers, remember to pursue the Lord with a fierceness, you know? Uh, and then marriage is going to marriage is going to naturally be better because of that. Fatherhood is going to naturally be better because of that. Business is going to be better because of that. Your finances are going to be better. Your health is going to be better. Pursue that relationship with the Lord and trust that he is going to change and mold and lead you in the right direction. And uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the most important thing and a, and a good reminder to be thoughtful about today, you know, as we, as we, get ready to hang up and, and go about our days. I want to be mindful of putting the Lord first. So that's my, that's my encouragement kind of closing thoughts. Very well said. And we will end it there. You are spot on. So I appreciate those thoughts. Appreciate you guys as always for listening. Uh, by the way, I would love to do an episode like this in the future where the questions we are answering are your questions, mailbag questions. So hit us up. If you have any any questions, anything, hey, I'd be curious to know what Brett and, Brett and Perry think about this issue or I'm dealing with this or what do you think about that? Uh, DM us, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to find us. All of our contact information is in the show notes, faithfulfatherhood2015 at gmail.com. Would love to do sort of a mailbag episode in the future as well. But but I had a lot of fun with this. We'll do it again at some point in the future. And we will, as always, come back with you uh, to you next week with the next episode. So excited for what we have in the future. Make sure you are following and subscribed. And uh, that's it. So we'll sign off for this episode and talk with you again soon on the next episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Take care, everyone. Yeah.